want to give a special shout out to uh, Samuel Shelke. Thank you, Sam. It's great talking with you this week. Thanks for your support. If you want to know how you can be a supporter of After Hours with Dr. Sigaloff, please check out the show notes below. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigaloff, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigaloff was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigaloff was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigaloff. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great week. Uh, I had a lot going on, a lot of moving parts this past week uh, in a lot of different realms as, as well. Um, first, I want to say family's doing great. I'm doing great. Um, thank you for all your prayers. I also want to request that everyone pray for my, my chain of command. They, they seem to think I'm someone I'm not. At least that's what it seems like. Um, but yeah, just, just pray for their hearts to be softened. I think that may be a great thing. My wife and I have certainly been praying. Um, but yeah, if, if y'all could help us out praying too. So as you can see behind me here, it says uh, press release or immediate release. This is uh, nine, September 29th, 2022, and this is from Defending the Republic. These people are actually my lawyers um, in the Coker versus Austin case. So DTR is representing the armed service uh, members, and in particular me as a named plaintiff, I am specifically being represented in this. <coughs> And it says that um, they're defending the service members against the DOD COVID-19 vaccine mandate, which unlawfully requires these brave men and women uh, receive unapproved and experimental vaccines in violation of federal law, contrary to their right of informed consent. Nearly one year after the DOD COVID-19 vaccine mandates took effect, the defendants produced what they said so the defendants, that would be the government. What they said was Comirnaty labeled mRNA vaccines from lot number FW1331. And you'll remember that was the episode where Chad had called Pfizer. Now, there's a couple different uh, theories on, on where this lot was made. Um, but what my lawyer believes is that this was produced in Kalamazoo, Michigan in, in the, in that facility. However, publicly available documents all obtained from government websites. So we, we have to be able to trust the government, right? Demonstrate that this Kalamazoo facility was not an FDA licensed manufacturing facility at the time that this lot was made. At the time, the FW1331 was produced. These documents also reveal that lot number FW1331 was listed in the CDC's emergency use authorization database. So they have an emergency use authorization database where they have all of their EUA products listed. And this was in that listing. This, quote, community labeled vaccine is not the FDA licensed product. If the government's own documents are to be believed, then there is the potential that these products were intentionally misbranded. In light of this information, 
and to get to the bottom of these potentially explosive developments, Defend the Republic has requested the court to allow for evidentiary hearing where Defend the Republic can present this evidence, examine its witnesses, and cross-examine the government's witness. Okay, so the lawyer, uh, Brandon Johnson, for this case, believes that these were actually made in uh, Michigan at Cal- at the Kalamazoo manufacturing site uh, by some different documents that we have. Now, he's got some good evidence for that. What I think kind of is really interesting, though, is when Chad gave the lady who works at Pfizer, gave her the lot number FW1331, she knew, she I mean, she didn't, she didn't know where it was made. She just put the lot number into the computer, and she said, oh, that's made in France. That's what it says right here. You know, I mean, go back and listen to it. But basically, she couldn't confabulate that, is, is my argument. I think it would make more sense that they, that the government would take the responsibility of bringing this from France to America rather than uh, coercing the manufacturer to mislabel it, because that would be a crime. So who's more likely to commit the crime? I don't know. Um, but just because of what that representative said, I don't think she would have been making things up. Or if it was actually made in France, either way, it's... It's mislabeled, which is a crime. So let's get to some of the major points here. And I want to be sure and thank everyone. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some people specifically that have helped make this come together um, through some different whistleblower documents. Captain Hope, thank you so much for, for all the, the good work you've done. Lieutenant Choppin, thank you for your wonderful work. And there's other lots of very brave men and women behind the scenes that are helping uh, bring these documents together. Number one, composition, regulation, and labeling of biological products. Uh, Letter A here, he says that biologics are unstable and extremely difficult to ship and store. That's true. These things have to be maintained at an incredibly low temperature. And so if they go outside of that realm of the, the parameters, then it's damaged and it shouldn't be used. And we discovered from uh, Lieutenant Chopin that these, this whole lot number, when it came from, when it went to um, Fort Detrick, it went outside of that manufacturer's temperature range. And, and for some reason, they just said, well, it's, it'll be fine. Okay, next we go to biologics having a stringent labeling and tracking requirement. No person shall introduce or deliver for introduction into the commerce of any biological product unless. I know reading this stuff's a lot of fun, but it's important that we understand this and then kind of break it down a little bit more. Uh, but it says a biologic license under the subsequent or subsection K is in effect for the biological product. And B, each package of the biological product is plainly marked with, and it says it must have the proper name of the biological product contained in the package, the name, address, and applicable license number of the manufacturer of the product, the expiration date of the biologic product. And this is a really interesting thing here is EUA products do not have expiration dates. Only FDA-approved items, what you would expect when they say FDA-approved, they have expiration dates on them. And those expiration dates, they cannot be easily changed. 
it, it's a big deal to try and change the expiration date because it's expired. It's done. It's like, you know, that gallon of milk. I don't, I don't know how particularly you were uh, growing up, but like the day, because I've had this experience where I drink that milk on the day it expired in the morning. I come back a few hours later, I drink it and it was like, whoa, what was I drinking previously? Because it's the same day. It's the day that expired. And so I got in the habit of, all right, the day of expiration, the milk goes out the door, goes in the trash can. Well, in a similar way, when a medication expires, you cannot ex- extend the expiration date. However, an EUA product does not have an expiration date marked on the on the label. It has a manufacture date on the label. And that manufacture date has a proposed expiration date that they print in other things, like on paperwork, not part of the labeling of it. And they can extend that, and we've seen that happen already. We've seen all these different documents coming out saying, oh, well, we're going to extend the the expiration date. We're going to extend it. We're going to extend another three months or so. But this has to have an expiration date on it, and it does, um, which is interesting because September 2022, which means I'm doing this recording on October 1st, which means all of this entire lot has already expired, and there is nothing they can do to get you or me to take it because it's an expired product. Right. Okay. So a regulated product, a biologic or drug, must be meticulously correct in its labeling in order to track the potentially adulterated or dangerous products, any adverse reactions to them, to aid in product identification, and if necessary, recall efforts, and ultimately ensure that the health and safety of the individual individuals being injected with these substances. The FDA has gone even so far as to issue guidance on industry naming conventions for biologics. So if you look behind me, you'll see what the actual FDA-approved picture of the vial is supposed to look like. You see how there's those little red lines it's kind of hard to see. I'll see if I can zoom in a bit. But it says comernity kind of at an angle, almost like a watermark. That must be present. Otherwise, it's not the actual FDA approved in a manufactured and approved location, properly labeled. <clears throat> it's not that. And so the, the little blue area is supposed to be the manufacturing location and details that are supposed to be printed on the label. If you'll notice on these actual vials, it does not say it does not say where it was manufactured. That is just conspicuously left blank, which means it's not properly labeled. It doesn't have those little comernity uh, words kind of in red, almost like a watermark behind it. it. Means it's not. That's not it. It's it's a different label. Um, if it's the wrong label, then it's what we call mislabeled. And if someone is mislabeling this, then that means that this is fraud. There's a crime being committed as we speak. So now I want to give a little story. So, I mean, as y'all know, there's been a lot going on with me. And all of this, everything that's happening, the stemming from this order that I was given, I think it was like September 16th of 21. is about a year ago. I've been, might have been the 17th, the 16th, I don't know not as relevant as what the order I was given. So I was given this order that I must take. I must be fully vaccinated. Okay, so so to be fully vaccinated, I have to um, either volunteer to take an EUA product, which was all the only thing they had available, and I'm 
did not volunteer to take the EUA product because that's not what I wanted to do. I wasn't into voluntarily taking something that that I didn't need to. But they, they made it sound like they had Comerity on hand because they, they would interchange these different words. They'd say you can you can take the fully approved Comerity or you can volunteer to take anything else. You know, the Moderna, the J&J, Pfizer, Moderna. Um, and then they'd start saying Comerity, Pfizer, BioNTech, and then they just start saying Pfizer, BioNTech. And, they, and if you know what you're looking for, you could see very clearly that they were using those terms very differently. The Comerity they would use only as the FDA approved, and then they'd start using the term Pfizer slash BioNTech as the EUA authorized. Now, the day that they was, I was given that order, I asked if I could go look at the vials that were available. Take a look at the picture behind me. These are pictures I took. And as you can clearly see, these vials say emergency use authorization. So if it's emergency use authorization, it is clearly not FDA approved. Right. So if it's not FDA approved, then I have to I have to volunteer to take it. I didn't volunteer. I was told, well, this is a legal order. No, it's not. I told the person giving that order, I said, no, ma'am, this is not a legal order. This is an unlawful order. I will not comply with an unlawful order, as it is my duty to disobey unlawful orders. And then so, you know, now start the investigation into me because I, I told someone, hey, this is an unlawful order. And then I get a Gomar because, hey, this is an unlawful order. And then, you know, it, it just gets bigger. And, and, and the ball of snow as it goes downhill gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so about a week ago or so, I was told, hey, we now have Comerity. This is a lawful order. Well, the Comerity they have is this, this you know, FW1331, which is, let's just go on the assumption that it was, that it is FDA approved. <coughs> we'll go on that assumption. It's not. I guarantee it's not. And I guarantee that this is an unlawful order as well. But now that means that this is proof because if they're reordering me to take something and they now have it where the vial says Comerity, you can see the difference, right? So one says EUA, one says Comerity. Then someone gave me an unlawful order and I was severely punished and am continuing to be severely punished for disobeying an unlawful order, which is my duty, which is everyone's duty. We are to follow lawful orders and we are to disobey, specifically disobey unlawful orders. Well, this is now proof that I was given an unlawful order. I have the pictures. See the pictures of the vial behind me? One is clearly EUA marked. Yeah, there was this letter that was floating around by, uh, written by Terry Adderham, and she uh, made this assumption that they can be used interchangeably. Well, in the legal definition, no, they cannot be used interchangeably because they're not interchangeable. For the CDC, they are legally distinct and separate, meaning not interchangeable. But now we have alleged comorbidity which there's lots of lots of um, doubt as to it being actually FDA approved and this is a mislabeled product. And if it's a mislabeled product, then someone's committing fraud. Someone's trying to, um, you know, take advantage of us, basically. But who's going to hold 
the giver of my original order that told me to take that EUA product? Who's going to hold them responsible? And I want to make it very clear uh, because there's some people think that I'm, you know, some I'm so violent, blah, blah, blah. I'm not violent. I want the law to be carried out as the law is written. To ask that someone is held accountable does not require and does not imply any sort of vigilante justice. And anyone that would think that is absolutely out of their mind. And if that, you know, if, if you feel judged by that, then, then, then maybe you should rethink the way you think because I never called for any vigilante justice. In fact, I've only ever said we need legal justice. These things need to go to the courts. They need to be handled the appropriate way. The law must be followed because the law is not being followed right now. Evidence? I was told to take that EUA product. I was told that was an a lawful order when this past week or last week, I have now proof by their own hand that it was an unlawful order because now they claim to have comernity. So what was that they were trying to get me to take back then? It wasn't comernity. No, it was an EUA product made by Pfizer and BioNTech. And even the thing that they say is comernity is not comernity. It's a mislabeled product. It's a lie. It's a hoax to try and trick you to get you to take the bioweapon. Why am I an insider threat? Because I'm saying this is a bioweapon. Well, do I have any special knowledge that I came about through to, you know, due to my, you know, clearance and, you know, security clearance. No, no, I'm a diligent human being, citizen of the United States, who did his job as a physician to look at the risks. I determined the risk was not worth the benefit, which goes against the CDC guidelines. But you know what? Guidelines are non-binding. They're not law. They can't force me to follow guidelines. It would not be a guideline then. That would be a policy or a regulation. And that's not how medicine works, right? We don't force people to take certain um, treatments, if you will, especially experimental new treatments. So, so I've been punished. Many have been punished. I think there's been over 7,000, maybe 7,500 um, troops that have been discharged thus far. And they admitted, de facto admitted, that they gave me an unlawful order a year ago because now they have something that says comernity. Even though back then I said that's not comernity, this is an unlawful order. Everyone, 7,500 service members, should be rewarded for not following an unlawful order. But instead we continue to get punished. Okay, so I've had some questions about what does it mean when I said I got it wrong? Okay, so recently, recently Judicial Watch, thank you Judicial Watch, you're doing amazing work. I love these FOIAs that you're getting. You're getting some great information. <coughs> they, um, they did some work where they got some redacted documents a while back. I used those in my Episode 33, talking about the bioweapon. And uh, if you look behind me, you can see the final report. It says, you know, the top corner of the document, it says Bravo 4 redaction for that entire block. It says testing facility is also redacted. And then if we go down to this other part, this is a different part of that same document. And it says, you know, letter A is La Jolla, California. B is Mainz, Germany. Um, 
C, we don't know. D, we don't know. And E is in Connecticut. And those are redacted through Bravo 4. Now, what I got wrong is I assumed, because I misread this, 3.3B4 redaction code, it says reveal information that would impair the application of the state-of-the-art technology within the U.S. weapons system. Now, I was in my head, and I may have said this all properly, but in my head I assumed that if they removed those redactions, we would see the weapon or parts of the weapon. And that's where I'm wrong. I'm completely wrong on that. No, when they remove the redaction, we will see things that would have prevented people who read that go, ooh, that sounds like that's a bad thing. Maybe I shouldn't do that because it's application of. It would impair the application of the state-of-the-art weapon system. So what's something that would impair the application of the state-of-the-art weapon system? Information that would make me think that it's made in China. Remember, I alluded to that before. <clears throat> so let's look at that first document, and it says Charles River. Hmm. I wonder why they redacted that. Well, if you do a little homework, they actually have a testing facility in Shanghai, China. Hmm. That might impair the application of this state-of-the-art U.S. weapons system, don't you think, if people knew that, that some of this was done in China? Hmm. Okay, now let's go down to that uh, same list of places where they did the testing. So they, we got La Jolla, California. We have Mainz, Germany. Okay, UK. Why is the UK site, why is that um, redacted? I don't know. That's the same company that has a testing site in Shanghai, China. Okay, oh, look, we have Shanghai, China. Yeah, in one of the testing facilities, if you look at this document, you'll see that it, it lists the name of a Chinese company here. If you knew that a Chinese company and that a lab, a, another company that had a testing facility in Shanghai, China, if you knew that, and let's say you did get this already, and you knew that before you got it, would that impair your ability to take this? Would that, would that make you think, hmm, maybe I shouldn't take something made in China and have it injected into my body? Right, because they have such a great track record in China by all the lead and all the toys and, and, and the poisons they put in our dog and cat food. They have a great track record, don't they? So let's go ahead and take what they've made what they've developed and put it directly into the human body of our service members because nothing bad could happen with that right yeah nothing at all but now that let's say let's assume that the bioweapon has already been applied to enough people that maybe it doesn't matter maybe releasing this information would not impair the application of the state-of-the-art U.S. weapon system. So now they can release it. And they have, interestingly enough. Months later, they've released this redacted information. And that's why we have these two documents. These are the same document. One was from a while back when it was redacted. And many people thought I was absolutely crazy to even suggest that maybe some of this could be made in China by China. And then now we have the new unredacted parts of that document. 
that show exactly what I suspected was accurate. Again, I say that if even 1% of what I'm saying is right, then this is a national security issue and no service member should be even allowed, should, they should all be barred from taking this because we don't know what this is. But instead, we're being coerced to take this, we're being investigated, we're being punished. Even though I have proof that they gave me an unlawful order about a year ago. They said it's lawful, but it, but, but ma'am, this is, this is an unlawful order. Well, I'm told by legal that it's a lawful order. Well, I'm telling you, it's not a lawful order. It is unlawful because you don't have the proper products. See? That vial says EUA. I would have to volunteer to take that, and I'm not volunteering to take it. Who's going to tell these commanders that they gave unlawful orders? Who's going to investigate the, these unlawful orders given by these commanders? Again, abundantly clear. I need to make it abundantly clear. I'm not discussing any sort of vigilante justice, and anyone that would assume that is an absolute fool. I want everything to be done legally and properly through the appropriate legal channels. I want justice to be served legally because it's not justice if it's vigilante. Let me make that abundantly clear. I have never incited violence. I've never led anyone to believe that they should go take justice in their own hands. No. The law has a way to deal with this. There are laws in place that regulate unlawful orders. Those laws need to be followed. There are laws in place and those laws must be followed. And that's the problem with what's going on right now. Is we're living in a lawless world. They're trying to use the law to, to bludgeon me with it. And they, they have no legal ground to stand on. They're wrong. We're right. You're right. It's proof that they gave me an unlawful order when they reordered me a year later. And now they say they have Comirnaty. And, you know, it's interesting because they didn't even say Comirnaty labeled. And and a couple weeks before that, I was ordered to get um, to take Novavax or something. And they said, well, it's, you know, safe and effective and it decreases transmission rate. Well, that's, that's also a false official statement because it does not decrease transmission rate. In fact, I recently read that it increases your ability to contract COVID by about 44%. So how is that safe? or efficacious it's not why would we give our troops something that increases their risk of infection increases their risk of testicular cancer breast cancer infertility hypertension clots myocardial infarction heart attack known as a heart attack why would we do that because it's not about that you know i also have not taken the flu vaccine for two years now I'm not getting any pushback on not taking the flu vaccine. Not a single bit of pushback. Why? Because it's not about the vaccine. It's about bending the knee. It's about doing what they tell me. It's about putting a product that I don't want in my body in my body. It's about them be doing illegal things like giving unlawful orders, but then punishing you for not following those unlawful orders. I want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. 
Every day pray. Pray for your chain of command. Pray that their hearts are softened. Pray that they understand and they change direction. Pray that they they have compassion. Because you're right. These are unlawful orders. Always remain on God's side. When you're on the Lord's side, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Every day when you leave the home, make sure you put on the duty uniform of the day, which is the full armor of God. <laughs>